Have any of you ever just been walking along in life and life just punch you in the face? Anybody, just raise your hand. That was me. <laughs> you didn't see that coming, did you? There are things that happen in life that you didn't cause, that you couldn't control, but they happen. Challenges, opposition, trouble, storms. And I wanna say that again. You didn't cause them. They were happening around you, but they affected your life or they happened even to you. And I wanna talk to us today about what do we do when things happen around us that we didn't see coming. We didn't cause them. It's just the troubles and trials of life, the opposition, the storms that rise. What do you do? And I hope and pray by the end of today, you have an assignment of what to do and you have hope and faith because if those things have happened in your life, I want you to know that God is working a mighty miracle on your behalf and just give it some time and you will see the goodness of God manifest in your life. How many of you can say, I've seen that, I celebrate that. So today I didn't see that coming. Exodus chapter one, verse five. Exodus is in the Old Testament. For those of you that are new to your Bibles, it's the second book of the Bible. Exodus chapter one, verse five. In all, Jacob had 70 descendants in Egypt, including Joseph, who was already there. In time, Joseph, all of his brothers died, ending that entire generation. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful, say powerful, and filled that land. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. He said to his people, look at the people of Israel now. They outnumber us and they're stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies, fight against us, then they will escape from the country. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build their cities, but the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread. Amen. And the more alarmed the Egyptians became. The Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the works in the fields. They were ruthless in all their demands. So we can see that Israel had gone through a really great time of peace and prosperity. They had been brought there during the time of Joseph. I'm gonna talk more about Joseph actually today. And all of a sudden, the Bible says in verse eight, that there arose up a new king who knew not Joseph. Seemingly out of nowhere, or maybe it was a war and a conquering army came in, or maybe just there was a transition of leadership. But that phrase, there arose a king who knew not Joseph or anything that he had done, didn't care. And that king became suspicious of the people and began to turn their prosperity into enslavement, to force them to work in these camps and labor. But you'll notice it was as if they were trucking along in prosperity, they were growing, they were multiplying, and all of a sudden, a suddenly there arose. They didn't see that coming. They, they didn't see, they had had years and years, decades of prosperity, and all of a sudden something happened. There arose a king that didn't have any favor towards them or any connection to them, and he changed everything like that. So this message is for you today. If you were just trucking along and you were growing in business, maybe you were growing in other things of blessing, and all of a sudden, there arose some agent of the enemy and everything just seemed to stop and things seemed to decline. And all of a sudden trouble replaced all of that triumph. If you've never been there, I wanna hope and pray that this message will be hidden in your heart for the day that that may come. And as much as I am a faith preacher and a blessing preacher and a hope-filled preacher, I don't know what'll transpire in the days of our lives between now and the coming of the Lord, which I believe to be soon. What if prosperity turns into trouble? What if the freedoms we enjoy now change? What do we do? And if we don't have these conversations now, then we're not gonna be prepared for whatever may come. 
Now I do hope and pray that we see great times of blessing and prosperity. And when you're connected to the kingdom of God, you can prosper even when those around you are not prospering. You can prosper in times of famine. The Israelites actually during the time of judgment over Egypt were blessed in the Bible calls it the land of Goshen. And in the land of Goshen, they were experiencing peace and calm while all of Egypt was experiencing plagues and trouble. And so I do believe that we can prosper in every season. I do believe that. But what if something emerges or arises in our society, in our country, in our world, and it just seems to throw it off? Or what if it's just you personally? What do you do when you didn't see that trouble, that pain coming? You couldn't have prepared for it. You weren't expecting it. You couldn't have foreseen it. It just happened. What do we do? So that's what I want to talk about today. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11 through 12 from the Message Bible says it like this. Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon. I took another walk around the neighborhood and I realized on this earth as it is, the race is not always to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor satisfaction to the wise, nor riches to the smart, nor grace to the learned, Sooner or later, bad luck hits us all. No one can predict misfortune like fish caught in a cruel net or birds in a trap. So men and women are caught by sudden accidents, evil all of a sudden. You're like, Pastor Kevin, I don't feel encouraged right now. <laughs> Stay with me, okay? Unexpected events occur. There arose a pharaoh. Something shifted, something happened that you didn't see coming. In my life, there's been multiple opportunities for me to say, yeah, I didn't see that coming. The biggest one that you're aware of, if you know our family, our life, is when we were having our children, the first set of, uh, we had twins um, for the, in the first pregnancy, and our son Isaiah was born with cerebral palsy. We didn't see that coming. The pregnancy was fine. She was on bed rest because there's twins trying to come out early into the world, but they were healthy and they were good until a routine ultrasound showed us that baby A had bleeding hydrocephalus in his brain. And then all of a sudden our world changed. I'm a pastor of a church. It was growing, it was thriving. I was in a series called Christ the Healer. And we believe God and saw miracles all the time in our church. And I didn't see this coming, but it came. And he was born, he's born and had to fight for his life to stay alive. And his sister was born and both of them are physically healthy. But throughout the course of his life, he's had cerebral palsy and he's been such a champion and such a testimony of God's care and miraculous progressive healing power over the 18 years of his life. He has taught us so much about life and joy and contentment. He's helped us in so many ways, but I didn't see that coming when it came. In 2008, when we were building our church in Illinois, we were in our major building project. We had been in a school, a high school gymnasium for like five years, and we were finally building our sanctuary. It was gonna seat a thousand people. It was the first building project I'd ever done. Remember, I started my church when I was like 27 years old. And no one in Bible college ever teaches you how to raise money or build buildings. They teach you how to preach sermons. So we had to kind of figure it out along the way. And it was so important to us to build that church debt free. And we believed for it and we put posters on the walls and we declared it was gonna be debt free. And it was 2008 and in the middle of 2008, how many of you remember there was a massive crash in the economy? And you remember 2008? So here I am like, we're gonna do this debt free. It's gonna be awesome and we're raising money. And all of a sudden everything shuts down. We didn't do anything to cause it. We didn't see it coming, but all of a sudden we had contractors and different people that were saying, I know that the economy, I know you're wanting to build this debt free, but please don't practice it on us. They're saying we need our money. And all of a sudden all this momentum and all this change we were forced to take out a mortgage on that church. I didn't plan for that. I didn't want that to be that way. My faith said something else, but yet we ended up having a mortgage. But I can tell you with both Isaiah and the mortgage on that church that over the next 16 years, 18 years, 
God did so many miracles along the way. He never left us, he never forsake us. And there were miracles that were above and beyond we could ask, think, or imagine. But the trouble in the beginning was something I didn't see coming. Do you understand that? And God still makes ways and God still produces fruit and God still gets glory and creates testimony, but it just wasn't the plan that I had anticipated. It didn't happen the way I wanted it to. And what is God thinking with that? He didn't ask my opinion. He didn't make it comfortable for me. He made me have to stand in front of a congregation and I had been saying, we're gonna do this debt free and say, guys, we need to take out a mortgage. And we all learned something and we all grew together in that. Unexpected things. So what do you do when you're surprised by unwelcomed events or change? Let's go back to Joseph who actually brought Israel to Egypt. And let's actually look at his life. See, we know the end of the story of them being put into slavery in Egypt. We know that God delivers them. Amen? We know that he brings them out in great triumph to the extent that even today, all of us are still celebrating and using that testimony for our own lives to draw faith from. It gave them an identity as a people, as a nation, introduced them to their God that they've been worshiping. God did so much at the end of that trouble. Amen. Not to mention they made multiple movies about it. Charlton Heston, Veggie Tales, Prince of Egypt. Not that God was intending all that to happen and that wasn't the reason, but God made those movies to teach people. What do you do when you're surprised by unwelcome events or change? Let's go back to Joseph. Negative events that happened in the life of Joseph. Joseph was one of the children um, of Israel. Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. He had 12 sons, one of them named Joseph. Joseph was surprised when he walked out to give his brothers some information and kind of see how they were doing. His brothers all of a sudden turned on him, beat him up and threw him in a pit. How many of you know Joseph didn't see that coming? This is my family. Now maybe they had their differences, but maybe he didn't realize they wanted to murder him. So he shows up, they throw him in a pit. He didn't see that coming. They sell him into slavery. He didn't see that coming. He gets sold into Potiphar's house. Potiphar is a wealthy individual in Egypt. He begins to climb the ranks. He's getting some momentum. He's getting some favor. Praise God. Yes, the promises of God. And all of a sudden, Potiphar's wife sees this attractive young man and says, you need to sleep with me. He says, no. She says, yes. He says, no. She says, yes. He says, uh-uh. She says, yes. He says, no. You see what's happening here? He runs away. She grabs his clothes off of him. He runs away naked. <laughs> he did the right thing. And he gets thrown in prison because she lies about him. And he gets thrown in prison. How many knows he didn't see that coming either? Are you hearing me, church? These things arose like Pharaoh. These things happen out of nowhere. He's doing the right thing. He's doing what he's supposed to do. And all of a sudden things change. All of a sudden he gets thrown off. He gets thrown backwards. He gets thrown into a pit. He gets thrown into prison. He didn't see these things coming. And he wasn't persecuted or in this trouble because of any wrong he did. That Ecclesiastes verse said the same thing. It said accidents, trouble, things just happen in the life of people. But you'll, in that Ecclesiastes verse, notice again, it had nothing to do with people causing it. It's just this world we live in. Are you here in this church? So what happened after these troubles happened? They always led to some positive future result that far outweighed the trouble that they faced. You can say amen to that. Amen. Those setbacks, those suddenlies, those disappointments led Joseph to be able to not only save his family from famine, but save the whole known world of that, place, of that area from famine as well. Are you hearing me? So when we see trouble happen, we see the unexpected come in and, and throw off your game or throw off your favor or whatever you were expecting. Have confidence and trust that that is not the end of the story. Have confidence in God that he will bring you through this 
Remember, we've quoted these verses for years. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. We say that, but then we're shocked when we walk through a valley that looks like we're going to die. Because we want to quote that verse for our neighbor, not for ourselves. Though you walk through the valley of shadow of death, you're going to fear no evil because he's with you. And then when you're walking through the valley, you're like, what is this? Are you kidding me right now? This was supposed to stay on my coffee mug and in my friend's life. It wasn't supposed to touch my life. It's fine as a bumper sticker. It is not fine as my current reality. Come on. It's in your Bible. It led to eventual positive results. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. How many of you love God? Would you raise your hand? Then no matter what trouble emerges suddenly that you didn't see coming, then we can be confident that God will cause these troubles somehow to work for you, though they were set against you. Yeah, celebrate, celebrate God for that. He will cause all things to work together for good to those who love God. Now notice it doesn't say he causes all things. It says he causes those things to work for you that were set against you. See, I don't believe God causes all the trouble. I don't believe God is the one behind all these things. We live in a fallen world, say fallen world. There is a real devil. People have human natures and they abuse and hurt each other, take from one another, lie, cheat, steal. We can be pretty nasty to each other. God, God is not the source of your problem. If God was our problem, we would have a problem. There's nothing you can do if God is against you. But if God be for you, it doesn't matter who's against you. And God is for you. You're his sons, you're his daughter, you're his body, you're his temple, you're his bride, you're his army, you're his people, you're his nation, you're his inheritance. Come on, church. God is for you, not against you. But that doesn't keep the enemy and the fallen world and people's opinions and the curse that's on this planet and our bodies, which are not the version of our bodies that they were before the fall. So these bodies, these physical bodies that were never intended to die can now be susceptible to virus and disease and affliction. Are you hearing me, church? But I don't believe God causes all that. He is the one we run to in times of trouble. He is our mighty tower and fortress. But I want to say this. These events, please write this in your notes, because I'm going to say it in a very specific way. And I want you to have it in your heart and in your notes to look back to. These events were actually happening for Joseph, not just to Joseph. See, we look at trouble like, look what's happening to me. Look what they said to me. Look what they did to me. Look at my job and they fired me and this happened to me, to me, to me. And it's as if we, all we can see is the attack. All we can see is someone's words or deeds or some trouble coming against us. This is happening to me. And we become the victim. And we become self-absorbed and self-aware rather than God-absorbed and God-aware. And we become a victim instead of finding victory in Jesus. Trouble and stuff is going to happen. But notice, though it was happening, yes, it was happening. It was real. It was painful. It was happening to Joseph. It was actually still happening even for him because those things God leveraged, those things God used to multiply and open opportunity that he never would have connected to without those troubles happening in his life. So God took what happened to him and he made it work for him. That's some good preaching. God took those troubles that were happening to him and made them work for him. That's my God will cause all things to work together for my good. So someone may take your job. Someone may walk out on you. Someone may shut a door on your face. 
Some trouble may emerge suddenly that you didn't cause. That is not the end of the story. It may, yes, have happened to you and you say, God, one way or another, I trust you that you will make this work for my good and your good. That's a person of faith. Even if the economy of the country or the governments change, though it's happening, God, do you know, even in persecuted countries, the church can grow and flourish. Some of the greatest moves of God are happening in the most suffering nations in the world. I do not want to wait for suffering to happen before we just stand up and become who we're called to be. I don't think we have to wait for suffering to become who God's called us to be. But I'm telling you this, though governments change, though the social or economic status around the world changes, that God can even use those things to work for good and kingdom purposes. As a matter of fact, this weekend, we're to be praying for the suffering church around the world. So I'd encourage you. Let's take a moment, let's take 30 seconds right now. And let's pray for the church around the world. Father, we come as we're preaching this message, how appropriate, as we have brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world that are being persecuted, imprisoned, even killed for the sake of the gospel. God, we ask that you would strengthen them, you would guide, lead them, grant them open doors and favor, that God, we do pray that the suffering cease. We do pray that you begin to work systems and laws in their favor, that you begin to rescue. But God, we just pray for them around the world that the kingdom of God and the gospel that they preach would advance. And as they preach that good news, it would produce eternal fruit and it would change their nation. It would change their nation in years to come that God, what they have sacrificed today would be what changes tomorrow. We give you thanks and praise and we bless them and we strengthen them and we cover them and we ask for supply over them right now in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 You can celebrate that. That's fine. <laughs> These events were happening for him. They were developing him. Write that in your notes. These events gave Joseph opportunity to mature, to develop, to learn skills. They were developing him. These events were positioning him. He couldn't see it. He couldn't see that the pit was gonna lead him to the palace one day. He couldn't see that the prison was gonna lead him to the palace one day. But do you know that that prison was directly connected to his position, right? You may think, I can't believe I lost my job and I'm so offended and I'm so mad. And if, you, if we would just learn how to put our hand over our mouth and not say some of those things and just keep walking with God, five years from now, you're gonna be in a better position and probably making more money, having more influence than you could imagine. And you're gonna look back and say, I'm so glad I got fired or I lost my job. God is so good. You're not saying it right now. You're saying, God, I thought you were supposed to be and God, praise the Lord, doesn't take us sometimes at our word on that because we're like little kids who don't know what we're talking about. And his grace even promotes you in spite of our bad attitude. And he repositions you later and you're like, oh, now I see. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. Come on, with every step I am able. I will sing of the goodness of God. See, only people who've been through some stuff can sing it with that reality. If you haven't been through some stuff, it's just like theology, whatever. But for those who have walked through some stuff, when they sing it, there's a well of oil in them. You know what I'm saying? Those events developed him, they were positioning him, and they were also saving others. We don't realize that. Because sometimes we're so consumed with what's happening to us. We don't realize that what happened to us one day is going to position us, develop us, and is going to save a whole lot of other people. A whole lot of people are going to be so thankful that you didn't fall apart and quit when those events happened in your life, when those suddenly moments but you kept going.
There are people on the other end of your testimony if you keep walking. James 1, 2 through 4 says it like this. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Consider those troubles as opportunity for great joy. That is a tough verse. But I'm so glad it's there. So see a pattern. Sudden unwelcome change or pain comes along. You continue to walk forward with God. Sudden breakthrough and welcome change happens somewhere down the line. That's a pattern. I'll say it again. Sudden unwelcome change or pain comes. You continue to walk forward with God. Sudden breakthrough and welcome change happens somewhere down the line. That far outweighs the trouble and pain. Somebody get excited about that. Amen. There's a pattern. A suddenly, just as much as there was a sudden change in the wrong direction, you know what? There can be a sudden change in the right direction. But you have to keep going forward. Keep walking with God. Don't stop in the middle of the valley. Walk through that valley of the shadow of death. Keep stepping. Put one foot in front of the other. You know, that's the only thing you can do is I'm going to put one more foot in front of the other. I don't feel like it. I'm so upset. I'm so upset right now. But I'm going to keep going to church. I'm going to keep reading my Bible. I'm going to keep singing those songs. I'm going to keep, I'm just, even if I'm just inside struggling, I'm going to keep walking forward because stopping is not an option. Going back is not an option. The only direction is forward with God. Amen. Amen. You know, Joseph actually saw the end of the thing. He had a dream of which he told his brothers, which we believe might be why they were mad at him in the first place. But in his dream, he said, all of a sudden, I saw my sheath or my like bundle of wheat stand up straight. And I saw all of your bundles of wheat bow down to me. Get a clue here, Joseph, right? Like... Your brothers weren't excited about the dream, okay? And then he had another dream that he was the center of the universe and everybody was revolving around him. You would think this guy is like, hello, something a little off here, a little arrogant. But I want you to see something, that his dream actually was the end of that story and the beginning of another. He actually saw the end of the thing. He wasn't wrong. What he didn't see was everything that led up to that dream. See, so many times God gives us a dream, gives you a dream, gives me a dream, a word, some promise of our future, and we see the sudden breakthrough, but we didn't see what precedes that sudden breakthrough. We didn't see the pit. We didn't see the prison. We didn't see the persecution. We didn't see the trouble. We didn't see the resistance. We didn't see the feeling like you were going backwards before you go forward. We didn't feel the emotions. We just thought God showed me the promise. God showed me the end. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, I'm celebrating you. But then over the next year, two, three years, there was all these things. But all of these things were still part of what God said. He just shows you the end from the beginning. God didn't forget. And God is not a man that he should lie. He doesn't show us the whole path. But if you keep walking, you keep moving forward, he showed, he showed Joseph that there would be a suddenly. Suddenly, your bundle would rise up and stand up. Suddenly, Joseph was called out of the prison to the palace to where he became the second in command over Egypt. Are you hearing this, church? He saw it right. The word was true. But all of this happened that he didn't see coming. I remember when we had a dream that brought us here. Some of you know the story, some of you don't. I don't have time to share the whole story to you. But God gave me a dream in 2019 to lay down our church in Illinois. Showed me this campus. I didn't know this church, like what it was. I had never been here, I'd never been in it. But in my dream, I came through the lobby, came up the escalators and I stood right there in my dream and I saw this room. And the Lord spoke to us to lay down our churches, to sell everything, and that this would be our next place. 
I said, okay. I couldn't get away from it. It took about six months to lay it down. There was no job offered to me at the time. There was no job available at the time. So we came. I saw the end of the dream where the Lord, oh, and I saw this facility, but it was in the wrong place in my mind because I saw it on the site of Maria and I's wedding reception, which was an Italian restaurant, pizza place. And I was like, that doesn't work. Why is there this big glass church on top of a pizza place? And so we moved and we came here and there wasn't a position and there was no resource for us and I couldn't find a job. I'm like, God, we laid down our churches. I moved my entire family here. I don't get it. And I started feeling like a failure. I started feeling like I missed God. I started applying for any job I could find. I was applying for, to be a postman. I had gotten my, my little document to become an Uber food delivery person. I applied to be a waiter at restaurants and nobody wanted me. I'm like, I have run some great churches. I can be a waiter at a restaurant. What do you mean? Do you even know who I am? I led crusades. I led outreach. I've traveled the world. And you're telling me I can't be a waiter? And I felt pretty lousy. And I felt like a failure. I'm telling you. My, my daughter was awesome. She would write me little notes because she would see me carrying it. I wasn't trying to carry it, but I was just carrying it. Like I just messed my whole family up. And she wrote me little notes. Dad, we believe what God showed you. And you're doing a good job. I needed that. And it was in December that Pastor Ed, who was here, had an opportunity for me to join the staff. And it was right before that I had turned down a position of another church that was a different assignment. It wasn't what God showed me, but it would have paid the bills and got us insurance. And I was just about to take that opportunity because I was like, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know what's happening. It's not what God showed me, but I, this is all there is. And I felt the Holy Spirit stop me and say, Kevin, having begun in the spirit, are you now gonna try to end this in the flesh? And I had to, I have, I have a kid with special needs. Like we need insurance, right? I mean, I'm just trying to tell you the pressure here. Our money, we couldn't sell our house in Illinois. So I had two mortgages, like my friends, this was stressful, right? But I closed the computer, pushed it away and said, God, I'll trust you. And it was like two weeks later that Pastor Ed said, there's an opportunity to become an associate pastor here, an executive pastor on the team. That still wasn't what God showed me. Are you hearing me, church? But it was a start. And I said, I'll come and I'll serve and I'll do whatever God does. And it was almost one year, it was one week shy of a year to the day we moved into uh, Orlando that we became the pastors of the church. But let me tell you, hold on, you'll go clap even more if you let me tell you the next sentence. <laughs> the day we were elected to be pastors here was Maria and I's wedding anniversary weekend. Yeah. You can't make that happen. So the reason I saw this church on top of a pizza place was because God was showing me the day that that vision would be fulfilled. Amen. Amen. And it, there's more to the story, but that day almost got pushed off to another week because there was a hurricane coming that day. And the next morning, God had moved the hurricane. Literally, it was like the devil was trying to fight the vision. And God moved the hurricane. We had church. We were elected. So what am I trying to say? I'm trying to tell you the same thing that happened to Joseph, the same thing that happened to you. God may show you the end of a thing. God may show you the vision, the dream. What he doesn't show you is everything leading up to it. And the trouble and the pressure and the intensity and the faith trial testing. But all of those things were still building and working for me. Walking through that season of faith was preparing me for the faith that we would need here and now. There were certain things I began to appreciate and value that I'm so grateful I walked through because it helps me even hold you as, a, as our congregation and this responsibility in such a precious way because I had that journey of wondering, are, are we ever gonna minister again? And here God has given us this privilege of being here. So I changed in so many ways through that journey and it prepared us for what we're doing today and helped us to trust God even when we don't see it 
on the outside in other ways I had not known. Sudden welcome change. Sudden unwelcome change. There's a couple more stories. I got a little bit more time I'll share with you. Sudden unwelcome change. Earlier in my ministry, way back in the early days, back in like um, 2001, 2002, um, I was working in a large church just like this. I was a college student serving in the ministry. And my pastor and his wife, uh, Pastor Sam and Jeannie Mayo, they had uh, uh, not a healthy exit in, this, in the church that they were pastoring in, in Rockford, Illinois. And that's common knowledge. She shares about it and testifies about that journey. The church had a bunch of trouble in it that, you know, just, in my opinion, just did them wrong in a lot of ways. And they moved on and God has used their life and Pastor Mayo's in heaven now and uh, Jeannie's still ministering. She comes here from time to time. But I remember in that season when I watched some real pain in ministry and in hurt happen in that church. And God had called Maria and I to be campus pastors of their Christian school and to lead the internship program there. And God had called us to that church. And when all that trouble happened, we didn't feel the release to leave. Though I was very upset with how things went down and there were people who were taking sides. And if you've ever been in a massive church disruption, it's not pretty and it hurts and it's a lot of pain all over the place. And the Mayos ended up moving to California and, and there were people that were like, you should just resign and quit and just do this and do this. And we stuck, we stayed in the middle of that unwelcomed pain and disruption. And we stayed faithful in a church that had created a whole lot of pain for a whole lot of people. Are you, are you tracking this story with me so far? It was just three years later that the Lord in that church, we just kept walking with God, kept being faithful, that the Lord gave us the opportunity to plant our church in Roscoe, which later turned out to be a huge blessing. And God opened up many doors of ministry for us, both in Roscoe and other countries and campuses. And that ministry in Roscoe prepared us and even met individuals that would help us come here. But what if I would have gotten offended in that time? What if I wouldn't have obeyed God during that time? What if I would have gone off with everyone else's offense and trouble? What if I would have stopped and ran the other way? I don't believe that my journey would have led me to here. Are you understanding this, church? You see, it's, it's, it's gonna happen in life. Things happen and things surprise you, but this is why we don't lean on our own understanding. This is why the sons and daughters of God must be led by the Spirit of God, not by our own feelings or offense or other people's feeling or offense. Because you wanna be right in the middle of God's path for you. Because that path is leading you somewhere. And if you step off that path because you're angry, bitter, hurt, offended, or if you stop walking down the path, you stop growing, you stop stretching, you don't know what you're giving up in your future. The pain you're experiencing now is nothing compared to the promise and the fulfillment and victories that God will show you in the future if you will just keep walking and obeying God. Amen. What might you be giving up if you were to quit during these sudden trials or disappointments? John 16:33. I told you these things, Jesus said, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Matthew 7, 24 through 27, I won't read it to you, I'll tell you the story. Matthew 7, 24 through 27, Jesus talks about a wise person building their house on the rock and not on the sand. And building your house on the rock means that you build your house on the word of God. You build your house on the word of God, not on other people's opinions, not on your own emotions or feelings, but every word of God. And you obey his word no matter what. Those who build their houses on the sand, I believe are those who build their houses on emotion, who build their houses on their feelings, build their houses on other people's thoughts and opinions and not the word of God. But in that story, you see that in both houses, the one on the sand and the one on the rock, the Bible says that great storms hit both of them. Please do not think that because you serve God, you'll never have a storm. You'll never have trouble. You never had a suddenly moment or disappointment or challenge. 
The Bible repeatedly tells you that those things happen in everybody's life, even Jesus. In this world, you will have trouble, but don't be afraid because I'm with you and I've overcome the world. I'm not gonna sell you something like that isn't real. He's gonna say, this world's fallen. This world's full of wickedness and evil. This world's full of trouble, but I am with you and I'm gonna make all things work together. And I've got a plan and I've got a promise for you and I will not leave you or forsake you. Just keep walking. Just keep moving forward. Don't get stuck in a moment. Don't get stuck in an offense. Keep walking with the Lord. Amen. So here's some thoughts that'll help us. Write this in your notes. Build your house on the rock before a storm. Because you know storms are coming. This is right now, if you're going through the sunshine, sunny days, Skittles, daisies, flowers. Woo! This is the time you better be in equips classes. You better be in a Bible study. You better be in that Bible now, my friend. Because it's a whole lot harder once a storm comes and you're like, where did I put my Bible? What was that again? How do you spell Jesus? I don't even know. I haven't even been to church in six months. I don't even know the address anymore. Like what's going on around here? Like prepare. Bill before the storm. When you face unexpected challenge or pain, do these quick five things. I'll just write them down for the sake of time. Number one, predetermine to not be ruined. You know a storm's coming, my friend. And that's not me being a negative preacher. I'm just saying it's life. Predetermine to not be ruined. When I was growing up, we used to call it a pre-choice choice. You make a choice before the choice is presented to you. Amen? We used to talk to young people about that in dating. Like you have a pre-choice choice. Like we know you're gonna go home, drop your date off, you know, drop your girlfriend off. Don't hang out past midnight because things don't, aren't really good if you're hanging out past midnight sometimes when you're dating. You're tired and you make some bad choices. So you make a pre-choice choice. Before you get into that position, make a choice that'll keep you when you're put in that position. Are you hearing me, church? So you make a pre-choice choice. My pre-choice choice is this. When trouble comes, I will not be ruined by this. This is not gonna take me out. So I'm not surprised when it comes and I've already made a decision that if something happens that I wasn't expecting and that takes my breath away because it's such a, a problem, I, I know this, I will not quit. And that this will not ruin me. This will not be my end. Come on church, I'm telling you what to say, what to choose before it happens. Number two, walk forward with God. We've been talking about that repeatedly. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Just regardless of how you feel, what you wanna do, you open that Bible anyway. You put on that praise music anyway. You get to church, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm so angry right now, I'm so hurt right now, the last place I wanna be is in church. This is the first place we should be. Are you gonna hear me? And you make, you, if you have to drag yourself here, You, if we see it in the hallway, we'll know what you're going through. You're, you're like going up the escalator. No, I don't want to go. I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going. We won't judge. We won't judge. Visitors may not know what you're doing, but we'll know what you're doing. We're like, they made a pre-choice choice. Good for you. We know you're not crazy. We know that. You drag yourself to church. Number three, go back to the promises of God. You go back and you read those promises again. Don't just assume you know them. Oh, I know it. No, you go back and you put the promises before your eyes. Promises of healing, promises of provision, promises of breakthrough, promises that he'll never leave you or forsake you. Promises like he'll make all these things work together for good for those that love him. You put the promises of God back before your eyes and hide them in your heart. Number four, sow good seed anyway. Sow good seed anyway. You keep doing right because it's right. You keep giving your tithes, giving your offerings, giving your worship, giving your obedience, giving your acts of service, giving your acts of kindness, evangelizing, telling people about Jesus. You keep sowing good seed. You know why? Because the seed is linked to hope. 
If you're still planting seed, it means somewhere in your heart, you still believe for a harvest. You still believe there's a tomorrow. If you stop sowing seed, it means you've given up on tomorrow. Every time you sow a seed, it means you're believing for, for more. You're believing for the future. So you sow your seeds of righteousness. You sow your seeds of obedience. You sow your seeds of faith. You sow those seeds and believe God that there's still good coming. You keep moving forward. The Bible says do not be overcome by evil. Overcome evil by doing good. You keep moving forward. You keep sowing seeds of goodness and kindness. Galatians chapter 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. And lastly, put yourself around others that have been through some stuff and have overcome some stuff. That's why it's so important you're in a Calvary group, you're in some sort of a team, you're some sort of group of believers so that they can encourage you when you're going through something and they can show you and testify to you how God's been faithful and he'll be faithful to you. Which means if you have to get rid of some relationships of people who are full of fear, doubt, negativity, the last thing you need is to hang out with all those individuals. Heard it said one time, if you want to soar among the eagles, stop hanging out with the chickens. But here you are again. Normally when you go through trouble, our first reaction is to isolate ourselves. And I speak against that over your life right now. You, you've been wanting to run. You've been wanting to isolate. And the Bible says the devil goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And one of the ways devourers kill is they try to bring one of the, the sheep or one of the gazelles away from the pack. Because if they can get you off by yourself, you're easy to kill. So you stay with your pack. You stay with your group. You stay with your team. You stay connected in fellowship, in accountability, around people. Get in a group, get on a team, stay present when you wanna run. So those are some practical things. What do you do when you face unexpected pain? Predetermined not to be ruined. Walk forward with God. Go back to the promises. Sow good seed anyway. Put yourself around others. Can I pray for you? Did this help you at all today? Was this anything was valuable to you today? Amen. Let me pray this over your life. And then I'm gonna give you an opportunity to receive Jesus. But let me pray this one word over your life. Father, I'm not sure who's walking through whatever, but I ask today that you would remind us that whatever pain or trouble we've just faced or experienced, this is not the end of it. That God, there's a testimony on the other side that you're still working. And Lord, though this happened to us, somehow, someway, you're gonna make it work for us and for the good of others in the kingdom. God, I pray encouragement and hope and faith to rise in this room. God, I pray you prepare our hearts so that if something sudden happens in the next season, that we already made a choice that we will not be ruined by that. We will not quit, but we will keep moving forward and we will see the goodness of God. We are a strong body. We are strong people, people of faith. And we trust you, Lord. And we thank you in advance for working things out, for working things out. And I just pray for a peace and a faith and a calm to go over this room. And if there are people that have been in the middle of storms right now, God, we just ask that you begin to turn the tide. You begin to change it all around them. Help them to start to see the goodness of God through this thing and that you will be faithful on the other side. Help them not to quit. Lord, I thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say a big amen. I wanna give you an opportunity today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to receive him today. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which means all of us need a savior. And that the wages of sin is death, which is separation from God, even hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. The Bible goes on to say that all who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so I wanna give you an opportunity today to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Lord and savior. You may say, Pastor Kevin, I don't remember a time that I've ever asked Jesus Christ to be my savior, to be my Lord. I've been around church, kind of known about church, but I've never asked him, specifically called on him. I wanna give you that chance today. Or you may say, you know, at one time, I used to have a relationship with God, but I've, if I'm honest, I've walked away. I'm not where I should be. And I wanna encourage you to have a restart, 
to call on the name of the Lord and start afresh. And so here's what I'd like you to do. If you all bow your heads and close your eyes just for the next 30 seconds, I wanna give you an opportunity today to say, I wanna call on the Lord Jesus to be my savior for the first time, or I wanna have a restart and recommit myself to him today. If that's you, when I count to three, just raise your hand right where you are. That will be your expression of faith and we'll pray for you right at your seat. Ready? One, two, three. If that's you, put your hand up today. There's a hand right there in the center. Go ahead, anybody else? Put your hand up high so the Lord can see it, I can see it. Two, three, over there, awesome. Anyone else? Put it up. This is your act of faith. Four, five, six. I see you back there. God sees you too. Seven, wonderful. Eight, wonderful. Keep it up. I may miss it, but God didn't. Would you pray a prayer, all of you that raised your hands and the rest of the church? Let's all pray together. This prayer is just a vessel for you to release your faith to God. Would you pray this prayer with me? We'll agree with you. Everybody pray together. So they're not praying by themselves. Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize that I've sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and he rose again. Please forgive me of my sin. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you celebrate all those that just made that decision? We hope you have been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person for our Sunday morning worship experience every Sunday at 10 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. There you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening.